Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you all and to worship with you. What a great service we've already had. Just incredible music, and we get to celebrate a baptism. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, As we kick off this morning, I want to tell you about a guy named Kyle McDonald. Kyle McDonald was in the news about 10 or so years ago. And you see, he was in the news because he started with a red paperclip. And he traded it for a house. Now, it wasn't just straight up paperclip for house. There was some intermediate trades. So he took that paperclip and he traded it for a fish pen, which I don't know what that is, but can kind of picture some sort of pen shaped like a fish. And then he traded that for an antique doorknob. And then he had 10 more trades over the course of 12 months and he ended up with a house. Now along the way, he had some interesting things. At one point he had a snowmobile and then he had a box truck. And then he had a recording contract, and then he had an afternoon with Alice Cooper, which, why would you go beyond that, right? I mean, coffee with Alice Cooper, I mean, does it get much better? But eventually, he traded up until he had a two-story farmhouse in Saskatchewan. Now, the reason I tell you that story is not so that you go home and change your Christmas shopping, you know, okay, we got a paper clip, and we're going to get everybody's gifts, No, the reason I share that story is that we are amidst the Advent season. And I believe one of the things that God wants to do in the Advent season in each one of our lives is to help us trade up. You see, God wants to take us on an adventure because of what Jesus has done in our world. And you know, as we go through life, we get scraped up, we get some bruises, we accumulate some baggage There's some things that we encounter and we experience that, you know, can really stick with us. And it can almost feel like a weight that we carry with us. But when Jesus was doing his ministry, he often talked about the abundant life that he wants for each one of us. The kind of life that God intends for us, yet so often all these other things that we accumulate in our life hold us back. So this Advent, we're going on an adventure together, and we're acknowledging that what God wants to do is to help us make some trades, to trade our past hurts and our past pain for something so, so much better. And in the process, we can experience a freedom like never before. So amidst all the Christmas parties that you have on the calendar, And amidst the Christmas music that maybe you have out by now, or we've been listening to since July, you know, in some stores, amidst all the Christmas movies that you have to watch every year, I think you would probably agree with me that Christmas time can be stressful, right? I mean, there's so many things to do and to check off the list. And oftentimes, Christmas can be hard. Sometimes it's grieving the loss of a loved one. And oftentimes, it can be hard just because of the people we have to be around, right? I mean, think about some of the gatherings you have up. There might be someone that's going to be there, maybe an uncle, a cousin, or a coworker, who you are dreading having to be around. You know, the person that always has to bring up controversial politics or current events or wants to argue about everything under the sun. Or maybe it's someone who hurt you at some point in your life. Someone, maybe even decades ago, who did something really painful and now you have to sit at the Christmas table with that person and pretend like everything is okay. You see, I think every single one of us here, if we're honest, 
would say, we have someone in our life towards which we have feelings of bitterness and resentment. Again, it might be something that happened last week, or it might be something that happened 50 years ago. But because we are all broken people and because relationships are messy, we tend to develop wounds along the way. And we tend to have bitterness, resentment, and even anger towards people in our life. But the adventure that God invites us into today, the adventure that he wants to take us on, is to trade our bitterness, to trade our resentment for something so, so much better. And so what we're going to do today is to look at part of the Christmas gospel from Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 8 of the Christmas gospel. But instead of me reading it to you, I think there is one person who reads it better than anyone else. Yes, Linus. So let's take a look at this. Such a great scene. Now this is one of the part of, parts of the Christmas story that has become romanticized and it's become sanitized and it's so familiar. We've probably read it hundreds of times. And we often have kind of this just perfect idealistic view of what this maybe looked like. I don't know about you, but I can't help but think about the Concordia Choir or the St. Olaf Choir singing in the background. And there's just nice, bright, soft lights and everything is happy and joyful. But here's the thing, church. The shepherds were far from peaceful, and they were far from laid back, and they were far from living a relaxing life. In fact, the shepherds at this time in history were regarded as outcasts and outlaws. And it wasn't just their job that was looked down upon. It was them personally they were so not trusted by the rest of society that they were the only group of people who was not allowed to testify in court. It's documented from the first century. They distrusted and mistrusted shepherds so much that they were not allowed to testify in a court of law. Now the reason that this matters 
The reason that we need to consider what this means is that this is the group of guys that the angels purposefully chose to visit on that Christmas night. I mean, shepherds were seen as simply dirty, unclean, and the lowest of the low in all of society. They even weren't allowed to participate in any religious ceremonies. Even if they wanted to go to the temple, they weren't allowed to even go through the door. And so it means that they were ignored and they were mistreated and they were looked down upon by everyone. But not just that, they were considered to be insignificant. It was considered that they didn't even matter to God. And imagine what that would do to you if you were treated that way day in and day out. But the thing is, it's not just the shepherds, the way that they were treated that matters. They weren't just innocent victims because you know how sometimes people live up to the assumptions made about them. Sometimes people live up to the labels that are placed on them. So the shepherds decided to own their reputation and they were some of the most difficult people around. They became hostile and they became bitter and they were seen as hell raisers. People would take caution anytime they came into town because they would never know what was going to happen. And so they lived up to their reputation as being dishonest and being scheming and even being con men. There are first century documents that talk about warning people from doing business with any shepherd. It simply wasn't worth it. Now I think we can relate to what's going on here. Because today, we often say something to the effect of, hurt people hurt people. Someone treats you poorly, and we tend to respond in maybe unhealthy ways or negative ways. People maybe have something done to them or are treated in a certain way, and instantly they start thinking about how they can get back at that person. And because of this, how easy this is, it's so easy to become stuck in a cycle of bitterness and resentment and hurt. And so I think that's why God purposefully chose to show up and announce the good news of Jesus' birth to the shepherds first. You see, as the angels came to announce the news, they weren't just making a general announcement to all people throughout the world. I mean, of course, that's part of it. But they were also making a specific announcement to a specific group of people who had an amazing backstory. God was choosing to speak directly into their experience. He's announcing to them that it is possible to break out of that cycle of injustice and bitterness and resentment and hurt. He is announcing that he's offering a whole new outlook and a whole new lifestyle and a new freedom that they never imagined would be possible. Now, if all of us gathered here today are honest, I think we would all acknowledge that bitterness and resentment can be so hard to remove from our life. I mean, we might have all the right intentions, we might be able to say all the right words, yet it just keeps coming back throughout our life. And I think that's specifically why in the New Testament, bitterness is called 
a root. That there are certain things that want to take root in our lives and they are so hard to remove. See Hebrews 12, 15, it says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. If you ever do any gardening, if you're trying to take care of your lawn and you see some weeds, we all know that you can't just cut them off at the surface. You have to go deep down and get at the root. And the same thing is true for bitterness in our life. It takes root deep, deep into our hearts and into our minds. Now, researchers have studied bitterness and resentment in people's lives for many years. And what they have observed is that feelings and actions of resentment and bitterness actually stimulate the pleasure centers of our brains. And really, it has the same effect as cocaine or other hard drugs. And so, you know, when you're driving down the highway and someone comes and cuts you off and you decide to tell that person that they're number one, or you have some choice words that you yell out, and how that feels good for just a moment. Now, I've never experienced this before, but I've been told that it's true. <laughs> for a split second, it feels oh so good to express that resentment. But in the long run, it really does no good. But the thing is, researchers have also observed that it's not just the actions that can stimulate our brain. It's even just the thinking. Just thinking about bitterness and thinking about resentment and especially thinking about revenge can also stimulate those pleasure centers. And so maybe you find yourself daydreaming once in a while, thinking about that person who hurt you so badly, and you think about this elaborate scenario where you get to tell that person off and maybe all your friends are surrounding you and they're clapping as you walk away. Again, resentment and bitterness, it's a root. And it's so hard to break free from. It's such a harmful and destructive path to go down. Because no matter how good it feels for the moment, in the end, we're only hurting ourselves. You've maybe heard the quote before, resentment is like swallowing poison and hoping the other person gets sick. So who's coming to mind right now? When you heard the topic for this morning, who was the first person that you pictured in your mind? Who has hurt you or wronged you in the past? Or who has hurt or wronged someone that you love dearly and now there is a root of bitterness? Whose wrongs do you replay again and again? Who's the main character in the revenge scenario that you have all worked out? That person that one day you just want to tell off. Maybe that person is sitting in your row this morning. Maybe that person is sitting across the auditorium. Maybe that person is someone who lives under your same roof. Maybe it's someone who has a cubicle near yours at work. Maybe it's someone in your classroom at school. Maybe it's someone who did something to you 50 years ago. 
and you've never even seen that person again, yet what they did sticks with you even today. As I mentioned at the beginning, Advent is a time where God wants to take us on an adventure, where he wants to bring us to new and better places that we could never go on our own. And part of that adventure today can be trading our bitterness and our resentment for something so, so much better. On that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, God reached out on purpose to the shepherds who had a lot to be bitter about. And he's still reaching out today. And he wants to do the exact same thing in our lives that he did in the shepherds' lives. You see, he comes consistently to people who have been mistreated and hurt and who are harboring ill will towards others and who have feelings of bitterness and resentment. And he comes to people who are stuck in a cycle and people who are weighed down with relational hurts. So let's pick up the story where Linus left off and let's see what happens next. In verse 15 of Luke 2, it reads, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now church, this part of the story is so important. When the angel announced that the good news of Jesus' birth was good news for all people, that also included the shepherds. Now this is significant because this is something that the shepherds never ever experienced in their life. They were never included by anyone. Nobody wanted them. Nobody cared about them. Nobody wanted to see them. No one wanted them to show up at their house. But God did. God chose them on purpose. And because he did that, the shepherds began to feel acceptance. And they began to feel welcomed. You see, what's significant here is that guys who had never been invited to a birthday party in their life now had an invitation to the birthday party of the Savior of the world. And their hearts began to change. What an amazing feeling for these bitter, resentful guys. And so it's no mystery that they would just throw down everything that they had and everything that they were doing because they were so excited. They traveled to Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus and when they got there, who else was there? Other than Mary and Joseph, no one. Now maybe you have a nativity scene at home and there's like shepherds and then there's wise men. It's totally wrong. The wise men don't come until way later. So go home, take your nativity set, put the wise men like over here. No, it's fine. But we need to understand the significance again. The shepherds were the only ones who were invited. They were the guests of honor. They had rock star parking. They had front row seats. There were no souvenir stands. There was no concessions. There were no reporters there documenting what happened. It was just the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and Jesus. 
And this is when the shepherd's adventure really starts to transform and where they really start to experience a change of heart. Because they can't help but realize how much they matter to God. They can't help but realize that he picked them first. God sent the angels to them with the news that peace on earth and joy for all people had come into the world. And when they see Jesus face to face, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they matter to God. Everybody else around them might judge them and mistreat them and even despise them, but not God. God reached out to them with love and grace and acceptance. Now look at verses 17 and 18 of Luke 2. It says, when they had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Again, I think we often miss the significance of what's happening here. Because these are guys that everyone else would try to avoid at any cost. If you saw a shepherd coming down the road, you would cross to the other side just to be away from them. And in the process, they would probably heckle you back. But the birth of Jesus made such a difference in their life that they changed their whole disposition And now they are proactively going out and meeting with people and having conversations and telling people the good news of Jesus' birth. They went from hating people and being hated back to having a fire within them to go and share the good news of Jesus. The shepherds tangibly went from bitterness to love. The shepherds abandoned their feelings of resentment and instead went out with grace and love. But church, let's not look at this as just a nice happening that took place a couple thousand years ago. Let's look at it as more than just a nice, familiar, warm, uplifting story. Because this can be our story. This is the same adventure that God wants to bring you on today. So who are you bitter towards this Christmas season? Who stirs up negative feelings and thoughts in your life? God wants to bring you on an epic adventure where you trade your bitterness for his love. And this isn't just about avoiding what happened. It's not about ignoring it. It's not about pretending that it didn't hurt. This is so much more significant and so much more freeing than that is. This is actually making a trade. It's replacing the toxic bitterness in our life for the love and the grace that only God can bring. Church, are you ready to make that trade today? If so, The first step is so simple, yet so difficult. The first step towards trading up for God's love is simply admitting that there's bitterness in your life. Now, if you heard the topic today 
and the first thing you thought about is, man, I wish so-and-so was here. They need to hear this. This might be something you're struggling with. You need to admit those places in your life where bitterness and resentment have taken root. Those things that have happened in the past that when you're least expecting it can cycle back and can bring you down a negative and unhealthy path. It all starts with admitting that yes, I struggle with feelings of bitterness. So remember that first bit of amazing news that the angels bring to the shepherds. We need to take note that the angels didn't say peace on earth and goodwill towards people who deserve it. The angels didn't say peace on earth and goodwill and great joy and all these amazing things for people who earn it. No, they simply say it's a cause for great joy for all the people. Now, I had to take Greek in seminary. And so I've looked at the Greek here, and the Greek word for all simply means all. All right? Great joy for all the people. No one is excluded. Now think about what this means. It is great joy. It is good news for your ex, for your boss who fired you one day. It includes that person who did something unspeakable to you. It includes that friend who betrayed you. It includes that person who keeps talking behind your back. It includes that person that's going to sit across from you at Christmas dinner and you are dreading the conversation. Christmas announces the love and grace of God for all the people. And this is so, so important to helping us get rid of bitterness in our life. Because you see what happens is bitterness and resentment causes us to reduce people to what they have done. It causes us to reduce people to the label that we give them. And what happens is we take away their humanity. They become the hurt. They become the action. But you know what? Jesus coming does the exact opposite of that. Christmas reminds us that Jesus came into the world to save sinners just like us. And that means every one of us is broken. Every one of us falls short of the glory of God. And what that means is that we're all on a level playing field. Every one of us needs God's grace and forgiveness and mercy. And so that person that you dread seeing again, that person who hurt you that many years ago, that person that you harbor ill will towards, they are dearly loved by the exact same God who loves you. God looks at them with the same love that he has for you. And that's where we need to start we have to acknowledge that that is how God looks at them. Now, we would probably say, but I'm not there yet. I'm having a real hard time having any happy feelings or loving feelings towards that person. But we need to start with acknowledging that person matters to God. 
And once we acknowledge that, and once we admit that we're harboring bitterness, then what we need to do is ask God to help us have his same heart for that person. To ask God to help us change our outlook towards that person. Whoever that is that you have resentful, bitter feelings towards, they are more than what they've done. Now, maybe what they did is flat out wrong and hurtful. But maybe we also acknowledge that the way we've responded hasn't always been healthy either. But the only way to move beyond resentment and bitterness once and for all is to have a change of heart. To pray to God, God, help me to see that person that I resent in the same way that you see them. Help me not to just reduce them to a label or a hurt or an action. Help me to believe about them what you say about them, that they too are loved and valuable and worth sending Jesus for. And once we've asked God to, to do that work in us, then there's one more thing. It's to say to God, please replace my bitterness with your love. I mean, I can't love them on my own. I need your help. When you ask God to replace your bitterness with his love, it doesn't mean you have to be best friends forever with that person. It doesn't mean you need to change your Facebook profile and like have your arm around them. No, loving that person is a whole lot more than just feelings. It's really a choice in how you're going to move forward. It's about your outlook and your attitude. It's choosing to ask God to let you and help you forgive them. It's about choosing to give up your right to get even and just trusting that to God. It's even about choosing to pray peace and blessing for that person. It's about choosing love because that's precisely what God has done for you. He's chosen to love you. And he shows that through sending Jesus at Christmas. Now, if you watched the coverage at all this past week of President Bush's funeral, there was something that was repeated again and again that really stuck out to me. And it was how President Bush, and I'm not trying to make a political statement or anything like that, just an observation, but again and again, it was pointed out how he consistently chose kindness and love over bitterness and anger. They talked about the, the bitter election where he was defeated by President Clinton and how later they became great friends, so much so that President Clinton looked at President Bush as a father figure. And they talked about how President Bush decided to look at him with kindness and grace and love instead of bitterness and resentment. And there were stories of different world leaders where hard things were said and different negotiations happened. And yet President Bush would reach out with a thank you note, with a kind word, with a gracious word. And I think the reason that this kept being pointed out by different commentators and different people is it's something that we all crave. It's something that we recognize as an admirable quality. 
something that we should strive for, to choose kindness and love over bitterness and resentment. You see, God wants every one of us to experience his peace and his freedom. It's one of the reasons that Jesus came on that Christmas day. So church, don't miss this opportunity to rid yourself of bitterness and to replace it with God's love. Now I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And I simply want to invite you into a time of prayer. Now we're not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. But if you would like to take this great opportunity to experience freedom and to experience a weight being lifted off your shoulders, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads right now and to close your eyes. And this is just between you and God. And the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is to simply picture that first person who came to mind when you heard our topic this morning. That first person who popped into your head when you thought about bitterness or resentment or hurt. And then the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is to simply admit to God that you harbor some ill will, some bitterness, some resentment towards that person. Now this isn't a surprise to God at all. He already knows, but It's important to admit it, to recognize it, to call it for what it is. Now, the second thing I'm going to invite you to do is to ask God to change your heart. Ask God to help you see that person the way he sees that person. to give you his eyes and his heart and his care and his concern for that person. Remember that he has chosen to treat you with amazing love and grace. And so ask him to help you have that same outlook towards that person. And now I'm going to invite you to ask God to help you replace your bitterness with his love. A love that chooses grace. A love that chooses blessing towards that person. Ask him to go deep down and to get at the root so that you can have freedom. Now, before we close, I want to do one more thing. And I want you to think about the burden that you've been carrying with you. You know, oftentimes those hurts and those ill feelings, bitterness, resentment, it can weigh us down. But we just kind of get used to it. But think for a moment how that's been weighing you down. You know, maybe kind of like a backpack full of rocks. A weight that you might feel on your shoulders. And so what I want to invite you to do right now is to think about how God is inviting you to put that pack down. 
to leave it at the foot of the cross. I want you to tangibly feel that weight being lifted from your shoulders. To experience a lightness and a freedom that maybe you haven't felt for a long time. And then resist the temptation to pick it back up. Even at the end of the service, leave it where it is. Receive the promises that God's offering. You see, Jesus came to help us travel from bitterness to love. And the good news of what Jesus did in coming to live and die and rise again is that it is good news no matter who you are. God still loves you regardless of your past, present, or future. And he would do anything to remain connected to you, to have a dynamic relationship with you. His love conquered sin and death once and for all. He cares about your life. So much so that just like with the shepherds, he is offering an amazing opportunity for you to trade up today from bitterness to his love. Jesus, we thank you for what you have done in this place today already.